Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. And we're about to celebrate a woman that is breaking ground, breaking barriers. Her name is Uzandi Lentlovu. She's South Africa's first black professional association of diving instructors, free diving instructor, whose aim is to help raise awareness around the problem of water scarcity in the country and also to ensure that quality water is accessible to all. She joins us on the line. Zandile, happy Women's Month. Happy Women's Month. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, your title is a mouthful. You're South Africa's <laughs> first black professional association of diving instructors. Free dive. Wow. My goodness. So break it no. down for us, for those people that are like, what? So I am South Africa's first black female free diving instructor across all agencies. Gotcha. So not only PADI or SSI, but across all agencies. Um, and all that means is that I am able to teach free diving. Uh, and the question often is, what is free diving? Exactly. If you think of scuba diving, yeah. in scuba you've got a tank and that tank feeds you air through your dive. In free diving, that tank is your lungs. And so you take a nice, big, beautiful breath into your lungs and you dive into the depths of the sea and you go as deep as you want. And yeah, it's actually the most incredible world. How long can you stay underwater um, now with that one deep breath that you were talking so about? My my longest breath hold is just over four minutes. Oh, my it's word. It's like 4.15. <laughs> oh, my word. So <laughs> a girl like you, Zandile, you know, uh, where did you grow up and where did you discover that, hey, there's actually opportunity in free diving? I actually, I often say to this day, like, I cannot believe my life because it is nothing that I ever knew was possible. <laughs> I grew up in Soweto. I'm a girl from Soweto. I grew up there my entire life. I didn't grow up anywhere around the sea. And it was in 2016 when I went to Bali and I went on a snorkeling trip. And I just remember seeing beneath the surface for the first time and just being mesmerized. By mesmerized, I mean blown away. Mm. And I just knew that's where I needed to be. And I got back into the country and I did my scuba diver certifications, open water, advanced, deep, everything. But it still didn't go back to that moment in 2016 when I held my breath underwater. Yeah. And, um, and then on Instagram, I saw these three girls and they were diving and they didn't have tanks. And I was like, that's it. And I found an instructor. At that time, he was Paddy's only freediving instructor trainer. And I went on a course with him and I just knew I wanted to teach. I wanted to tell anybody and everybody who would listen. And I qualified as an instructor in 2020. I can literally hear the passion. Like as you <laughs> tell us the story, I can feel it. Uh, so what are some of the challenges that you face being the first black uh, freediving instructor? I'm sure there were a lot of obstacles if any. Yeah. I mean, so I often say, you know, when you didn't grow up around the sea, there's mm. always the challenge of all the stories that you hear growing up about what lives in the ocean. Mm. And that's a personal fear. But on the outer side is the fact that the normative looks one. And so if you decide that I'm not going to assimilate to exist in the space, it makes it harder because the normative has always been white. And all of a sudden it has to be more inclusive. Yeah. Um, and, and that's always the challenge, right? The, the, I often say the space of first black anything is often quite challenging mm. because undiverse spaces can be violent mm. on the body. And so there's always that challenge.
And we know that water is scarce, is a scarce commodity in the country. We hear it all the mm-hmm. time. I mean, Cape Town had, uh, you know, it reached like day zero, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. uh, the talk of water being a scarce commodity. Why are you so passionate about raising awareness on this issue? You know, I think for me, as an ocean being, I mean, when I fell in love with the ocean, I got to the place of saying, what does it mean to protect it? Protecting it also is knowing that we as humans aren't keeping ours out of the sea. And Mm -hmm. so you always come across plastics and litter while you're diving. And all of this litter, much as it kills the marine life, that microplastic that ends up in the sea and it disintegrates into, into... it doesn't. It disintegrates into microplastic. Yeah. It is ending up in our fresh water. So we are actually we're killing ourselves with this plastic. And so when Challengers Club came up, I was definitely keen to join because we all know that the ocean is facing a lot of challenges. Whether we're talking um, climate change, whether mm. we're talking rising temperatures, rising temperatures will equal drought. Mm. It will equal. There are so many challenges, and it's all linked. And people think, oh no. The health of the oceans is somewhere over there, but it's all connected. Our fresh water source comes from the ocean. And so we have a responsibility to ensure that we preserve both, we protect both, especially for the generations to come. Yeah. And for me, I've always asked the question, what are we going to leave for the generations to come? Right. We have work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Now, I know you have braved the crushing pressure and muscle-numbing cold temperatures that are synonymous with deep-sea diving to clear the ocean floor of plastic. Where and how did this happen? Some would say you have a death wish. (laughs) Honestly. It it was actually crazy. And everyone always says, no, but you're a freediver, so surely it was fine. And I say, you guys don't understand that at hour two, hour three of breath hold, the body gets tired. Sure. The breath hold, it becomes lighter and lighter. But, you know, and so we were in Cape Town and we dived and dived and dived and dived. And I just kept on coming out the ocean with this, with these bags, these nets of plastic. And it was exhausting. It was grueling. But ultimately, the cause is bigger than myself, right? And and for me, it just said, what does it mean to ensure that we, we leave a better tomorrow? Like, you know, you actually mentioned water scarcity in Cape Town, in Eastern Cape, in all of these places, but how many rural communities Mm. live already with infrequent access to clean water, you know? And so this is a collective dream. It's a collective hope that we could come together to create change. And, you know, with WWF working towards, you know, refurbishing the spring in the Eastern Cape, I am hopeful because it allowed for a dignified existence for all of us for longer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you 100%. You believe in partnerships, right? And you teamed up with Maps Maponyana. Tell us about that partnership, how it came about, and what it is that you two are doing. So it was... This is actually just the most beautiful dream. So Mops goes off to Iceland and he looks for water that is untouched by man, which we know is so difficult to find because if you test any set of water, you will find traces of microplastics. So he goes out to these Icelandic glaciers and he comes back with this water that is untouched by man. I go out into the ocean floors and I just dive all of that plastic out of the ocean. And the plastic from that I collected... Part of it is used in the casing of the of the products that are currently being. I don't want to say product. Am I allowed to say the brand? You can. <laughs> you can. Okay, Glenfiddich. So the, the casing of the Glenfiddich um, 
different expressions are partially made from the plastic that I collected. But inside the box, you get Mops's water as well. And so it is a mixture of my efforts and his efforts. And it's going out into the world with these 50 expressions that are going to be put on auction. And the whole idea is proceeds from this auction will work towards, um, will go towards the refurbishing of this spring that's in the Eastern Cape and hopefully even more than just that one spring that is being facilitated through the WWF, the World Wildlife Fund. I can't believe this all started when you went on holiday and now look (laughs) at you changing the world. Lastly, how do people get involved and where does the campaign end and, and how can people follow your journey from taking a deep breath on vacation to now changing the world. Do you know, it's actually interesting. From the moment I I looked beneath the surface, I wanted to ensure that everybody could access that. Mm. So I don't know if you know, but I also do run a foundation called the Black Mermaid Foundation. And I take kids out snorkeling because for me, what does it mean to give that sight earlier? The kids are younger, they're between 10 and 15. But where do you find me? You find me at Zandi the Mermaid, Zandi, the mermaid, Z-A-N-D-I, the mermaid, and you can follow the journey on there. And if you'd like to place a bid or if you would like to donate, go on to challengesclub.co.za and on there you can bid or you can donate and every single rand matters. So please don't feel discouraged because it is a collective ability to create change. I literally got goosebumps when you said you can find me as Uzandi, the mermaid, because uh, I've never seen a black mermaid in my entire life. And the fact that our children get to see that through you is absolutely incredible. Stanvasami, thank you so, so much. And continue doing what you do. Uh, Keep us posted on the projects that you're busy with and that you will uh, be busy with in the near future. You've got our number, right? (laughs) Yes, thank you so, so much for having me. And 100%, that representation is important. Ariel can look like us too. That matters. Oh, my goodness. Zandi, (laughs) thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you. Thank you. Radio 2000 Podcast.